Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are having a great morning. It's a fantastic back, morning. You just, I mean, uh, uh, what time did you leave Polly? I imagine it was 20 minutes ago, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just slept over there. Um, I left, we left pretty quickly after the, the, the clock ran out. Um, not as quickly as all those Arizona fans left. It was uh, it was a, it was a good good night, a well, shocking night, but a good night. I'm sure they had a long drive, so you know, hopefully they made it back safe and sound because they got another ass whooping coming in about <laughs> ten days. So, good times. Um, yeah, so I I would love to hear your, you know, your account of of what took place last night. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start because it was. I mean, I think we were we were talking about the the game kind of all day, just texting and whatnot. And I think we were all pretty nervous, I would say. And I think we were kind of reserved to the fact that we were going to lose this game. Um, you know, I, I just the matchup wasn't great for us. There's you know Jalen Clark lose. Uh, being out at the last second didn't help matters. And, you know, we've been banged up. We had Hawkes coming off that ankle. He's been, you know, not himself. Tiger with his finger hurt. You know, all, all sorts of factors. And, and, you know, I think we were, uh, you know, a little... We, we, we had come to accept that we were probably going to lose this game. And then when they started off at tip-off... Um, and I saw Tiger, and you could tell he was just in this mode where he was just going to harass the hell out of Kirk Kreisa and just be an annoying pest the entire game. Uh, I don't know if you, you, you remember, like, the first possession, he was just in his face the entire time and was just kind of, like, doing sw- weird swipes at the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was just kind of funny cause he's so much smaller, but uh, that's when I kind of was like, okay, if Tiger's going to be like this locked in and just get in this dude's head, I think we have a good chance. And the game started off just as a, as a, sh- almost like a shooting contest. No one could miss, but we really tightened up and just played so much more physically than, than Arizona the entire way. It was it was honestly marvelous to see. Like that was Mick Cronin basketball. Like we were just tougher, stronger, you know, more locked in, more experienced. I think than Arizona throughout the whole game. Um, and it was it was surprising. You know, I think every pregame that we read or or you know in our heads, it was like you know Arizona's bigger, Arizona's longer, Arizona's more athletic, and none of that shit mattered at the end of the day because we were just we wanted it more and we executed against our game plan and um we were clearly the more experienced um team in winning that kind of game and we just beat them up like pure and simple yes they got a bunch of offensive rebounds um but we didn't give them very many easy buckets i think we were always there to contest a shot we were making it really difficult down low for them um, we were bodying them up, and they clearly were not used to it. I mean, they were flustered the entire game. And if 
there's anything more indicative of that, it was um, that annoying Chris's um, stat line. What did he go? 0 for 12 the entire night? Um, That's right. And he's one of those, like, you know, he, he's that kind of Christian Leitner, Grayson Allen kind of villain type character. He loves playing that. If you've watched any of their games, he's kind of a cocky, arrogant player. Yeah, he's like this swaggy guy. Yeah. The dorky, swaggy guy. Right, exactly. He He's somebody that if he's on your team, you love, but everybody else hates him. Um, yeah, like, uh, I guess the most recent for them was Nico Mannion was, you know, a couple of years back. Was kind yeah. Of that, that guy. Exactly. Um, and and he... He... <laughs> He could not talk any shit this game because he was just god awful. I mean, he couldn't couldn't shoot. He turned the ball over a bunch. He was just completely thrown off, and I think that's a testament to our our team's physicality. Um, and and it was fun being in Poly. Um, you know, the the atmosphere was great. It was you know buzzing and electric. It wasn't as uh, wild as maybe say Villanova earlier this year, and I think part of that was probably due to COVID. But um, you know, it was a pretty pretty full house, and you know, people were into it, and it was great. I mean, you know, the Arizona fans tried to tried to be loud for a little bit, and they just had nothing nothing to go off of, um, and they got put in their place as the rightful, you know. B-listers that they are in the Pac-12 and in the country. And I, it felt incredibly good to watch them kind of shut the hell up um, for for a while. Um, and also, fuck their fans because none of them were wa- wearing masks in the stadium. So, yeah. <laughs> Not a surprise, um, but... They were ducking mask. Um, ducking yeah, mask. They saw um, I, I I mean you pretty much covered it. I think it was one of those games. I want to say first of all that I had faith in us um, going into the game to make it a game. That's all I'm gonna say. So I was pretty uh, split on, on you know where it was gonna go. Uh, I thought it was gonna be a closer game than you know actually oh, actually the national pundits, but I was proven wrong in that sense, too, especially being in a positive bunch. And I think exactly what you said. The team that showed up yesterday was very much Cronenball in the sense of, like, the team, the Cincinnati teams. And we've said this before, and eventually we'll get away from comparing Cronin from the Cincinnati teams because we'll have so many data points of UCLA teams. But for that point is, like, it it is a style that's foreign to the Pac-12, you know, in the sense of just gritty guys that, completely are all over the place right this is these are the the same type of feelings you know with lesser talent that his teams used to come in to bigger opponents and just rough them up I mean not to say that you know obviously UCLA on paper is just as talented as Arizona you know outside of the the front court but man we gave it to them and you saw that effort all over the place I mean seven blocks uh and you know, in in terms of that, seven blocks that came from everywhere. And it wasn't just that it came from, you know, Miles Johnson, but it came from our wings. And they were effort blocks. Everything was an effort. I mean, Cronin touched on it after the game, and this is what he's trying to preach to his players. Like, if these guys put on effort and they control the pace, we can beat 
anybody in the country, and that includes Gonzaga. Um, but this team has shown it because, you know, to go against, I mean, we had Arizona coming in and they were, you know, they started out hot, but you just saw it cool off and you could tell, I mean, for the first 10 minutes, I don't think either team or like seven minutes, either team, um, missed together combined, missed more than three shots. So it, it, you know, they started off hot. I think they went four for four from three to start off. And then, Eventually, things cool down, and still their big men, you know, were able to get easy pick and roll lobs, and those, you know, and they were just a their their length is obviously still an advantage, but we were able to just to counter that, and keep everything difficult down low, um, and there were just things that don't even show up on the stats sheet. Uh, Hakez had what two um, two balls where he threw it off the legs of the Arizona players, and this type of stuff just changes the game, and. Granted, we won by 16, but it felt like we could have won by, you know, four or five more points um, the way it was going. And, you know, and then we we sustained the run. Like, one thing I was expecting in this game was for Arizona to go up, like, before the game, to go up and us to be chasing them and try to make it a game. No, we controlled the game the whole time. They closed in with an eight in the second half, and we just pulled away. Uh, We countered back with a three. And that's just that type of stuff. You know, this game, I think, was the most complete, obviously the most complete game of the 40 minutes, but it showed us exactly a team we expected this year um, by March. You know, we're always talking about what this team could be. I think we saw it last night, and it was it was beautiful in that sense. And we still weren't at full strength, which is also insane, too, because next week, yeah, Arizona's going to get Tubilis back. and uh, Tubilis well, played this but, game, too, by I, the way. No, yeah, he played this game, but, I mean, back, I don't know if he didn't start this game. And correct me if I'm wrong, he doesn't start. Uh, I mean, he usually starts, right? Yeah, um, I know he was. And, he had an ankle injury um, that he suffered last weekend or last week. So he, he probably wasn't full strength regardless of how much he played, but, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's part of the game. Both teams had key players that were injured. I mean, theirs is pretty big for them, and, you know, uh, we we will play a different team next week, I'm sure. But uh, I feel much more confident going into next week and the way we control the pace. And if we bring the same game that we bring this time, um, you know, in terms of just the confidence and the sharpness and the commitment to uh, to effort and, and just the little things that obviously go a long way. I mean, it's our conference. We're, we're the class of the conference at that, and we've shown Arizona – how you actually win tough games that matter, that are big and um, in that sense. Because Arizona obviously got punked. Their fans are not the most knowledgeable fans, um, probably the <laughs> least knowledgeable. All right, let's in, just in call terms. a spade a spade. They're stupid. <laughs> it's actually insane. Like, just read. I go to their boards to go, you know, see previews and be like, okay, let me get an idea of what they think of their team. And half of it is them just obsessing over you know how we're ducking them with the schedule like they're very much into the the dramas of uh, around the game so they're fans and i i say this usually we don't focus on the fans outside of usc but arizona is obviously right there behind them when it comes to basketball it made this victory that much more sweeter just to just to think uh how they're taking it and how some of them are doing mental gymnastics over there um, say, you know, especially the writers and staff of these beat writers of these guys and how their fans are infighting because they know they have a long way to go. 
Um, and we also know that we, again, proved to them that this six-game win streak is not a fluke. Um, you know, And so it, it, Tommy Lloyd's a great coach, don't get me wrong. He's, I think they're going to be a good team. Um, obviously not the number three team in the country until they improve. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he said it himself. Like He was like, I played this team in the Final Four last year. I know how good they are. It seemed like... You know, he didn't underestimate them, but the rest of the team did. You know, they underestimated us, and we came out and punched them in the mouth and, you know, sent a message. So hopefully it goes a long way, and we can sustain that for next week. My my favorite excuse that I've seen is um, there's a lot of people being like, oh, my God, you know, the reason that, you, or that um, Arizona lost was because you know, they played the worst possible game. No one could shoot. They Their offensive execution was terrible. And Arizona won't ever shoot that poorly again. And that's probably true. But there's a reason why they shot that poorly and a reason why they couldn't execute their offense is because our defense was just better, like plain and simple. Like they, there, It wasn't that Arizona was just purely cold it was because we threw them off their game the entire time like there's a reason for that it wasn't just a fluke and 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 I think this wasn't the first time we've done this to a team I mean this is basically the same game plan we put together against Alabama last year um in the tournament um just being physical controlling the tempo and and executing in that the the uh, half court and that's exactly what we did against them yesterday um to, yeah. to your point, um, you know, when people point to stats and they try to send a message on that, like Chris Chris went 0 for 12, that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, or we missed, they missed the layups, that's not going to happen. And they try to look at probability. It's It really shows the stark difference between those who've played the game and understand rhythm, tempo, um, and then in, in terms of momentum, like these are real things. These aren't just buzzwords that just seem to get lost when writers and journalists who obviously didn't play the game much but love watching it uh, tend to lean on these things to kind of just help their narrative of of, of, of of just catching the L. Like you lost the L and I mean you lost this game. And there's what happened was one team was better than the others and affected your shot. You're not going to make layups when you're being contested or altered the fast, you know, the, the, the past three shots. Like it gets in your head like that type of part of the game is just missed amongst some of these people who continue to lean on that. Like, yeah, there's there's some games where players go cold. We see it with Juzang and all that stuff. But that's part of the rhythm of the game. And right. what we had in here was one team that was focused and sharp, and that comes down to the mental. It's all, you know, and then the others, you know, who just weren't there. And so you can say something's not going to happen, but there is a mental edge when you have 18 to 24-year-olds now because it's, you know, COVID. But uh, it, when they're playing against each other and they know what's at stake, and our team showed up prepared, and we kicked their ass, you know, same, plain and simple. So it, it's 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 hilarious. I mean, there's other, I mean, uh, to credit to other fans who obviously know, like, you, you don't show up this way against a top 10 team that's your rival, and there's no excuses on that front. You just, they showed up flat. So there is that, but it, it, I tell you, this fan base does have a bigger percentage of just, oh, my gosh, it just made it so much more sweet to Morons. think that they... 
Yeah, and just to think that they woke up and they had to accept the fact that they got their ass kicked by 16 points after uh, being favored in number three team and all this momentum. We brought them back down to earth and sent them back. Oh, back down to earth when they never, you know, deserve to be off the earth, right? I I think, uh, I know we've talked a lot about their fans right now, but the the whole perception around Arizona's program is that they're some sort of like powerhouse blue blood when in reality they've accomplished next to nothing in the last 20 years or even decade. Like a down UCLA has had way more final fours than them. I don't think they've made a final four in the last 20 years. Um, and that's when we were like straight up bad. Um, so for them to like try to claim they're they're the, the cream of the crop in the PAC 12 and, and a basketball powerhouse is just, is laughable, frankly. And, and, uh, just shows how delusional they are. Um, but let me ask you this, were there any players that really impressed you last night on our team, um, that really stuck out? I mean, you know who I was calling to have a big game before and that was Watson and, Man, yep. did he, his effort, I mean, he got, he was called out by the coach at the end and highlighted, you know, by Cronin, um, because his effort on both ends, clearly he had, you know, he had a few turnovers, I think he had four, um, and one of them was a silly travel call, but Pac-12 refs uh, jump in, but, I mean, I was really, it was really promising to see how he impacted the game on the defensive end, uh, with the steal and the chase down block, I mean, that's, that was the statement block of the, of the game, and it was great to see it come from Watson, who we all, you know, are eventually again waiting for to come on the way we are waiting. We were waiting for this team to have a game like this, so that was pretty awesome. Um, and I love that block. Him, that was, it, like, and I was so glad he he didn't get teed up for. It. I was like, "Fuck, he's gonna get teed up." I he walked away. I didn't hear a whistle. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was scared that he was gonna get teed up too. Just the way the ref ran in there, but. I mean, he, he stared him down good, but it was just, you know, quick enough to where I think he, he stared him down and walked away immediately to where you can't tee that up. But that was a, a such a fuck you moment to Arizona, and I loved every second of that. And, and the fact that the dude who just, like, he took the L so hard and was so mad, and I was just like, buddy, just just walk away from this. Like, don't try to act tough and try to, like, start shit and fight. Like, you just got blocked. You, no. your, stole, your, your soul just got stolen. Just, like, take the L. Just, yeah. Just, put, just lay there. With, Pretend with you're the hurt tail. or something. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're trying to do here. Like, you just got destroyed, plain and simple. Yeah, that was a statement of it. That was sending a message. That was, you know, chef's kiss. But, I mean, it, you know what's funny? You asked who was the impact. It felt like one of those games, as we know this team, everyone took their turn. Juzang obviously was hot, kept us in it at the beginning. Um, starting out the game, I think he what he had like 10 points just to, to rattle off. Him and Tiger just had a clinic at the beginning, offensive clinic. And then we went into the half with Hawkes with a donut. You know, we're like, what the hell? And then Hawkes, like, I swore, I swear he went into the locker room and looked at the stat sheet, like, I got to get mine. He came back. And he he just, took over for parts he, of the game. He, he took over. He, you know, he was like, I got this, you know. And 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 what it was also promising, I got to highlight Miles in terms of, you know, what the little he was able to do. Again, he fumbled a few balls. 
Um, he missed, you know, some silly bunnies. But uh, there were other times where he altered the shot. You know, he was clearly, you know, trying to keep up. And then he also finished some strong plays. Uh, they, what I liked was the vision, you know, of our players looking to get Miles involved. So that was promising as well. And then obviously, I mean, everybody had their turn. Jules, you know, had a rough start with his missed shots and then his two fouls that had him out. But then he came out and did his little Jules iso ball and it worked. I mean, you he never shot know like sixty percent or something last night. Yeah, by the way. yeah, he had a, an insane amount and things were just rolling in. Like it wasn't even as if everything was just clean through the hoop. It was just things were rolling his way. So you always like that. I mean, Jules always has that touch when he's closer to the rim. So. It, everybody was on in that respect. I don't. I can't really think. And then Riley, you know, he was workshopping his his little uh, post move that he does to roll over and and get around the big man. So I was actually was, very impressed with Riley. I was too. I mean, I think he still has a, a often. I mean, a defensive rebound problem um, in terms of getting boxed out. But other than that, like he clearly has shown. I mean, you speak to it. I like highlight Riley because obviously he was hitting from the elbow. He's just hitting his shots in his Tom Welsh kind of way. He has his signature spots, as we can see. But he really, you know, again, he seems like he's getting in form. He's coming back from injury. Yeah, no, he definitely is, and that that jumper has been has been pretty from him for the most part. And I think he's he's rounding back into that form with that, but. What I was really impressed with is I, I was really afraid he was going to get taken out by Coloco and Balo, all those those guys that Arizona has. They're just bigger than him, bigger and more athletic. Um, but what he really showed in this game, he was just being crafty. I don't know if you noticed, he had a couple of times down low where he like slithered underneath an Arizona big man to like finish a layup. Um like, it, he was just doing all sorts of, like, funny moves just to get underneath those guys and around. That it was funny to see a big guy try to do, but, and, but he pulled it off, and he was just being crafty, and then he would pull him out, you know, 10 feet away and, and be able to shoot that jumper. So he, I was impressed that he wasn't fully taken out offensively um, due to their length. So it was, it was good to see that. I think, you know, that's going to help his confidence and help him – keep improving back to form and I think we're seeing him you know get back to um I don't want to say early season form because he was you know got hurt in the very first game but you know back to kind of last year's form so and then he's going to be super important obviously going forward so it was good to see him um I think you know you you did a good job of highlighting most most of the guys, I think uh, one person that we haven't talked about a ton yet then deserves a lot of credit was Tiger. I know I started off by talking about how he was harassing Krisa. Um But just his control of, of the offense, again, was just on display in the half court. Just He was so calm and collected and just controlled the tempo so well. Um, and that was really key, I think, to... To winning this game and even as the the smallest guy on the court he was you know clearly fighting for rebounds um there was one really great uh sequence he had where in transition arizona kind of the I, I don't remember if it was terry or Kier. one of their guys got got by him 
and Tiger somehow was able to recover and block him from behind. And that's just got to be the most demoralizing thing to have the smallest dude on the court come up from behind and clean block you on a jump shot. Just like so disrespectful, but you got to love it. And you got to love that type of effort coming in to to recover there. And And again, that was kind of indicative of the game. They were just more locked in wanted it more and just executed on on defense even when you know they got beat and were able to recover um so i i i was i was happy to see tiger kind of come back um into form a little bit after struggling last week um and and we saw this ucla come out a little bit last week i know we had that struggle bus game against utah but um, that first half of the Colorado game, we saw a lot of this happen where we blew that game open and then choked it away in the second half. But this game against Arizona, we really did that both halves, and it was definitely the most complete game that we've seen um, this year from, from UCLA. So, yeah, it, it, it's... Um, it's a good sign of things to come, especially as we get healthy. Um, hopefully, Jalen Clark is back soon. Um, you know, Jaime's ankle is healing, and, and Tiger's finger is hopefully not bothering him as much. Um, and as we get back into shape after the, the COVID, um, COVID stop. But we do have two more games this week, which almost feel like trap games, at least the one tomorrow, uh, with, with Cal and Stanford coming to town. Uh, how, how are you feeling about, about those? I mean, I'm glad it's Cal and not uh, the other way around in Stanford, if we're going to have both teams. Uh, because I expect, again, you know, a slow start, just because we know this team. And then again, you know, if we control the pace, we might blow them out, and this game might be over by you know with ten minutes left in the second half. It's it's weird because you know last game that we played against them, Andre Kelly had a really good game, and they also have Shepard, which I think is somehow related to Jules, but that's another theory I'll go through <laughs> another time. Um, but yeah, we'll I mean, do that Cal's on our conspiracy in. theory podcast. <laughs> yeah, Bruins conspiracy. Um, we get them, you know, tomorrow, which is when you think about the emotional high that this team's gone through, what it really speaks to me is like, uh, granted, it won't be the same, but uh, gearing us up somehow for the Pac-12 tourney uh, and just being prepared, seeing this is be a good test to see how fast we can just be ready to bounce back. Granted, it's not the same kind of cadence to, to you know, a tournament schedule, but it is one of those like quick turnaround and luckily we got a lesser opponent in, in Cal. Um, but obviously this is a team we played on the road and we were able to beat. Uh, Mark Fox is going to be coming in. They'll imagine they'll have a chip on their shoulder, but I imagine it's going to be a pretty easy game. You know, as long as we contain one of the guys, one of the other guys will get his stats and we should be able to pull away. Uh, and then my goal for this, this game is just to get through healthy. Obviously you want every game to get through healthy, but Given how recent it was after Arizona, you know, and these guys' legs might not be fresh, just get through this one healthy and uh, and rest for, you know, Saturday. Get through this whole weekend, and then we have till next Thursday. Not to say I'm looking over this teams, but I just want us to play smart 
uh, slow down the tempo, same type of ball. Uh, neither of these teams are, 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 are crazy athletic or going to be big on transition uh, with Stanford and Cal. Uh, and, and, I mean, Cal, Stanford's a tall team, don't get me wrong. Like, in terms of, I'm a little worried about them because this is our first time playing them. But just get through, control the pace, same effort we had with Arizona, um, and same type of fire to begin with, and I think we should be fine. And we'll be able to get, I mean, if we can get Kaiman minutes and Nawuba, then we're in a good spot. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I, I agree we should win them. I am a little concerned for especially the game tomorrow night. Um just because I feel like the emotional high of beating Arizona, I'm expecting a little bit of a lull um, and a little bit of a lack of concentration that, uh, unfortunately, we've seen with this team. Now, hopefully, one would hope that, you know, having that kind of game against Arizona where you put it all together and really um, execute the way that I think Cronin really wants them to, all year helps them kind of gel and and go on a roll. Um, And I think we were seeing some of that before the stop, but hopefully that kind of brings them back up to speed. But I'm a little concerned we're going to, we're going to be a little lax tomorrow since we put it all out on the court yesterday night. Um, Not to say that um, we'll lose, but I, I, have a bad feeling it's going to be a little closer than we would like it to be. Um, but I would like to see them play um, Andre Kelly the way we played Coloco and Ballo and, and Tubelas. Just let's just get in there and be more physical and harass those guys uh, and, and hopefully, you know, throw them off. Um, but I, I do think that we should to beat both Cal and Stanford. And to your point, this is the first time we're playing Stanford. Um, And Stanford nor Cal are bad teams. I think they're improving teams, but we're, I I think at this point, it's it's fair to say it's significantly more talented um, and and more experienced, obviously, and better coach. So we should be able to take care of business at home. and, and we absolutely need to take care of business at home just to stay pace with Arizona um, for the, the Pac-12 race. Uh, I, I don't... This is going to be a tough race. I think that we're going to be neck and neck. I do think Arizona is going to lose another game somewhere. Um, I don't outside think... That, of our, outside of our game, of course. Cause yeah. I, I think... I think they will lose us uh, another game besides to us. Um, I just uh, have to look at their schedule and kind of see where that might be. But I, I do think that beating them up a little bit hopefully uh, brings them down a peg and they play a little poorer um, in the conference now just to, to drop a game or two. Um, and we're going to need them to do that hopefully to, 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 try, to try to win the Pac-12 this year. Um, but I think the the key to the the our season and our not our season but us winning the Pac-12 because I I do think that we should be trying to compete for the conference not just in March is one winning these next two games and then coming out like we did against uh, Arizona like we did yesterday just I know McHale Center is a different beast um, than being at home obviously that's going to be a 
another packed house and a hostile environment, but I think UCLA has like the longest win streak in McHale ever right now. Um, we've beat them six games in a row, including two or three of those at McHale Center. So, and and this group of guys has won there. So it's not like it's not like it's not something we haven't done before. Um, and we kind of have their number at home, and it's been. It's been nice to see that. So it'll be a tougher game. I do think that Arizona will probably come out hotter and, and execute better. But I think the same game plan that we have this game will translate again, um, even on the road. I think it's uh, it'll be a, a fun matchup. But we need to get through these next two games unscathed, um, both injury-wise and obviously loss-wise, to, to even start thinking about that game. But, yeah, it's... Um, it's an important stretch going into into uh, Pac-12 tournament time. Um, unfortunately, Oregon lost yesterday, so that kind of sucks for our um, for the conference and our our uh, strength of schedule a little bit. But you know, Colorado. Although is a good I will, team. I I'll, yeah, I'll argue the fact that they lost to Colorado is the one team we would want them to lose to if they had to lose because Colorado moves up and it helps them. Um, now it hurts Oregon's chances, I guess, of making, you know, the Pac-12 turn. I mean, not the Pac-12, the NCAA tourney, um, which we want them to do. But, uh, I will say if they had to lose to a team that was outside of Arizona or USC or, or, or us, then, you know, let it be Colorado. So that's fair. Was Was that on the road? Uh, no, they lost at home. So yeah. But yeah, to your point, uh, Colorado is a good team. So yeah. Yeah, and we've seen that um, the last Saturday. Yes, yes, we did. Though that was at home and in altitude. Um, but yeah, I, it is funny that all the Arizona fans are complaining how many games they've played in the last five days, and I'm just like, we played, we've played three in the last six days or whatever it's been, and two of those games have been at altitude in the mountains. So you guys can shut the hell up. Oh my gosh, I I also want to point out, so it also, again, this is just so sweet being Arizona. I have, I feel no type of obligation to be a bigger person here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I saw a picture, a tweet where Jed Fish was there, who we like as Bruins, you know, we have a soft spot for him. Um, But uh, also Richard Jefferson was there, who I dislike. And I mean, I actually like his commentary in the NBA professional, but as an Arizona Wildcat, I dislike him. And I, I love that he was there to see that L in person. Um, you know, and then also we, you know, we had a, a good contingent of UCLA Bruins show up with Matt Barnes and, and uh, Lorenzo and I think a few others. I saw um, yeah, Michael Roll was there, James Keith, Spencer Sue. They had a... We had a whole contingent hanging out there. Um, yeah, Richard we Jefferson. Said, we, we had sorry. Caleb Wilson, uh, you know, from the football team, one of our old football players. So that was cool. Oh, I didn't see Caleb there. Um, they, did they show him on TV? No, he just tweeted from the game. Like oh, got it, got it, got it. Place. Got it. Um, yeah, speaking of Richard Jefferson, uh, before the game, he uh, he walked by the den and the whole den started booing him, um, and he he had some fun back and forth banter. He was being a good sport about it, um, and he 
and then he he stopped by and took a bunch of photos with the some some kids from the den but it was kind of fun to to see him interact with them and um, it was all in good fun. He wasn't being like a douche or anything like many Arizona fans were, but, um, yeah, it, it, um, it's always good to see the, the sports alum come by for the games. The, um, yeah, always good to see a packed house. I'm sure there was a lot of other people hanging out, um, that they didn't show. How was Bill Walton on TV? He was good. You know, I watched him in the first half, and I actually, I wasn't really listening to him. Was, you know, he went through his usual banter. Uh, Joshua's Tree, they, they did some some aerial views of Joshua's Tree, and again, he, he did his usual. I, I swear they just put up bait for him, whether it's ESPN, and he goes on some random tangent. But, uh, I, you know, in the second half, I went and actually watched it at a bar here in New York, because, you know bar stay open late and watch it with another friend who was a Bruin so we didn't I didn't hear too much of the commentary outside of the color I mean outside of the actual play-by-play um and listened in on that but I I'm actually going to re- probably rewatch it and see you know what Bill said because he was oh like, yeah absolutely yeah. um I do think he's better on Pac-12 Network actually I agree I think he does a lot more on Pac-12 in terms of the actual getting into the game and not getting into the history of the player's cousin uh, who lives in Texas, uh, which I also enjoy just as someone who's naturally curious about like these fun facts. But I've heard about Jules's tattoo a few times now, so I don't he, need to hear about In the Pac-12, with the Pac-12 network, I think he he's allowed to kind of pontificate about the conference a little bit more, and he... He actually has a lot of interesting facts about like either team and the history and and the players in relation to that, um, which it feels like he's not allowed to do as much on ESPN. And I also think that he does better with guys like Ted Robinson, like him and Dave Pash. You know, they have their their shtick going, and you know, he likes to to clown on Pash, and, and it's funny, and I, I do genuinely enjoy it, and to all the Bill Walton haters, you guys fucking suck, I don't care what you think, um, he's a, he's a national treasure, um, but he, uh, he does better on Pac-12, just because I think he, he vibes better with Ted Robinson and some of the other dudes there, and, uh, he, he just, I think he's allowed to pump up the conference a lot more, and he does a good job of doing that. Um, also, I don't know if you, you've noticed on Twitter some, um, some alumni who is some, like, former Trump aide has been hating on Bill Walton and tweeting at us, which has been very enjoyable. Um, oh, that's awesome. And, of course, yeah, it's, uh, it's been kind of funny. And... Um, Hopefully he's listening to this. He knows who he is, and uh, if he wants to unfollow us for my comments, I don't really care. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I hope he takes it all. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, Bill Walton's our treasure, obviously. I think he is he's the Bruin we need, uh, but we don't deserve. So, uh, <laughs> shout out to Bill Walton. Um, so you know, I thinking about it. In terms of that, basketball is in a good place, probably the best place we've seen all season since the Nova win, which, you know, gave us a feeling like it's so early we can't tell where this is more midseason. 
and hopefully we have more wins. But on the other side of the court, like the women's five, oh yeah, five wins in a row against you know that other school across town. Five um, wins, yeah, a win streak over over the other school, and now they're on a four game win streak this season. Um, and what's been wildly impressive is that they've been doing it with like six or seven players only. Um, I mean, if I was watching the USC game and it when are we got in foul trouble, it just became such a concern. I was like, how do you coach through this? Like, and we were still able to pull it out. I mean, Osborne had a hell of a game with twenty seven points. She did, and, yeah. And Thomas Amas obviously has shown that she is, you know, a force down low. Uh, but man, what a win in terms of, uh, you know, against the rival and then continuing the streak. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, there's there's legitimate criticisms of, of Corey Close as a coach. She's obviously, I think, a very good leader and motivator, but, you know, around some of the X's and O's, there's been questions, and I think that's fair, but I, I think she's proving her mettle a little bit here, uh, being able to go on this win streak, and we're in, like, we're in position to compete for the Pac-12 conference right now with seven players which is pretty incredible um we're hoping some of those i i don't know the timelines for some of the the players to be back but hopefully reinforcements are on the way soon but the fact that they're playing up this high of a level with such a limited roster um due to injuries is is pretty pretty wild um so Credit credit to Coach Close for that, and we have a big game coming up against actually against Arizona um, tonight. Ranked eight, I think. Yeah, tonight. Tonight. Um, so, um, and also, if you had a ticket to last night's men's game, you have a you have free admission to tonight's women's game. So you should try to get out there if you can. Um, yeah, um, I I I have this. Like imagination or the scenario where Gabriella Jaquez hasn't left Polly. Like you were there and she was also on the other side, just <laughs> sleeping, waiting to watch the women's play. Um, she was obviously she was at the game watching her big brother yesterday, which was pretty cool to see. And they highlight her on ESPN, uh, which is always a plus. You know, we talk about UCLA recruits getting highlighted on ESPN, but um, it was it was cool to see. There were a lot of recruits at the game last night. Apparently, Jared McCain, mm-hmm. Bailey, Andrews, Stromer was there. I think Isaiah Elohim, who you know my my namesake in terms of legacy, <laughs> and I'm hoping you know continues on uh, the Bruin legacy. But yeah, so there were. I mean, it, it's it's it, this is exactly where you want this team to be in terms of just. Trending up and back to you know its core place of, of the blue blood because you know uh, you mentioned Arizona. We're going back to men's. We'll come back to that another time during the next preview. But yeah, women's they're they're playing tonight. Let's hope they pick it back up. They're playing against a very tough Arizona team who's obviously uh, they're doing pretty well, and then they have a tough Oregon game on Friday uh, at eleven p.m. So pretty tough slate to come up, but they're in a four game win streak Osborne is you know the player of the week and she's killing it so let's see if she can pull it off 
I, you know, I don't know if I want to call it upset. I mean, obviously it is with the player, so it would be an upset if they're able to beat both these teams, given the limited number of uh, personnel. Yeah, it's, um, it would definitely be an upset, I think. Uh, and, and we were very close to getting ranked last week. I think we had a few votes, and if you did the math on it, we were around like 30. Um, and if we win this week, we beat Arizona and Oregon. We should definitely be back in the rankings um, where we, we belong. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can um, we can beat Arizona twice this week because that would be that would rule. Um, yeah, that's always a good a good feeling. Um, but they'll again just to emphasize Osborne and Thomas will have to have their best games of the season uh, in order to pull it off. Yeah, agreed. It's possible. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? Uh, do we want to? <laughs> Women's on... volleyball beat number nine uh, UC San Diego, which is always a good win. And uh, men's, men's won last week. They, the, or they beat Penn ago. State. Yep. And I also think they beat, since we recorded, they beat Ohio State. So and the, Yeah, they're ranked percent. number two, I believe. Yeah, they're rolling. So men's volleyball, women's, uh, I, I said uh, women's uh, volleyball, but I think it's actually women's water polo. Women's, wa- you are correct, it is women's water polo. Um, yeah. And then men's tennis kicked off last night, I think, or yesterday. Um, yeah. And I think they won. I was following it for a little bit. They did. Okay, yeah. I saw they they, had, they beat St. Mary's. Right, and they're they're ranked twenty five right now. Um, so they should climb up, hopefully. Um on a slightly more sour note as we kind of wrap this up, gymnastics is going through a little bit of a rough patch and um a little bit of a scandal. Um for those who care and, and follow that and I think and should care and should care. It's been a, a it's such a powerhouse and a bright spot for for UCLA athletics and and a proud program. But it's been a, a little little bit of a wild ride and very strange. But if you haven't been following, there's been a incident where a now former gymnast um, was accused of making racist remarks. Um, the other gymnasts called for the coaches to take some action. Um, the the um, gymnast who was making the remarks then uh, threatened to hurt herself. Uh, the coaching staff apparently did nothing in the interim, and then this girl transferred to LSU. Um, there was clearly some upset feelings on the team that nothing was done. It seems like the athletic department was involved but did not really uh, communicate well with the gymnasts. And some of them took to Twitter to call out the inaction on the school's and staff's part. So there's not a lot of facts out there right now, um, but it's... Um, it's an unfortunate incident to see uh, that the gymnasts have not felt like they've been supported through this. You obviously want to make sure that your athletes are supported when something like this happens. Um, 
and I I do think that the the school needs to do better there, and I think, um, you know, we've been uh, we've been big fans of Martin Jarmond uh, in general, but I think one of his big issues overall has been his lack of communication in some of these times of crisis, whether the um, be letting fans in or you know COVID case reporting or um, the Holiday Bowl. Um, he, he deserves some criticism there. And I think this is an issue, again, where some open communication could have probably helped avoid this. And it sounds like there was not a lot of communication, and now we're in this kind of weird situation. Um, he finally did put out a um, very boilerplate-type statement yesterday. It was clearly written by some uh, lawyers, which I... I get to some degree, and I'm sure there's some, you know, legal implications from commenting openly about this, but I do think that, you know, had he been more in direct contact with some of the gymnasts during this um, last few weeks or months or however long this has been going on, which is also unclear, um, a lot of this could have been avoided. So it is unfortunate to see... um, and hopefully we can um, resolve it and move on because the team seems to be struggling a little bit more than they should be. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. And and I'm curious to see what happens with Chris Waller as coach. I think I, I personally don't think he's been a great coach. I think we've had a ton of talent. And we've sort of underperformed with him at the helm. Um, from what I understand, talking to some folks who are um, – more in tune with the gymnastics world. Uh, They believe he was kind of there at the right place at the right time and not necessarily the best coach. Um, So we'll see what happens with him. But I think, you know, if the allegations are true of the staff, you know, not heeding the calls of the gymnasts and kind of ignoring them and trying to hush things up, then I think that's a fireable offense personally. Um, But Again, we'll see what happens as more information comes out, and hopefully this uh, the team can can put it behind them a little bit. Yeah, I uh, I agree with everything you said, um, especially as an African American male, and to see what this team has done in terms of sending a message over the past few years and being on the forefront of you know college athletes being able to express themselves for these issues and then for something internal to happen like that which is very normal in college in our society but to see how it was handled by the adults of the program has been disappointing uh in 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 what ucla wants to be and what our legacy is you know la times is is ripping us apart and anybody else you know this is our i would i mean i would argue it's our most high profile program of the past five years um, because of, you know, the viral moments and the talent that we have had come through, um, even more so than our basketball team, you know, we have, but to that point is like, this is, this is, you know, granted it's not a revenue sport. We, we do pack the house, you know, for gymnasts. And when someone's handed the keys, you know, after a legendary coach and it happens again, often it just has, it's one of those things again, like, are you getting ahead of and, and, and before it comes to tweets, like, how do you mitigate the damage before 
um, and, and it's not mitigate the damage because it makes it sound less human, but how do you make sure this is addressed and make sure that, you know, our student athletes feel important because people can attack our athletes for going to Twitter, which they definitely shouldn't. Um, but this is something that should have been shown, like, with transparency, whether it's not to us outside just yet, you know, until the investigation is complete, but making sure that these these young women felt like they were heard um, internally uh, because, you know, obviously with any athletic department around the country, uh, many NCAA athletes usually, if any if you any of us have experience with speaking to any of them, they have moments where they feel neglected and it's not common, you know, it's not... It's not uncommon, but it's also something where we want to be better and be a leader. And so this was uh, hopefully a learning lesson. And hopefully I, I do agree with you, you know, Waller's reprimanded if the facts that, that are out right now appear to be true. And reprimanded meaning that if, you know, if that means him suspended or him fired, then, you know, that that is something I hope to see because I think that's the appropriate action. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the Twitter... Um, the tweets kind of lend themselves to, to demonstrating kind of the desperation maybe some of the, these um, women felt in this uh, situation, which is unfortunate. And I, I do think internal transparency here uh, could have avoided that. And I, hopefully this is a learning moment for Jarmond as well to like understand how to deal with this a little bit better in a more open way. But... Um, we will see what happens um, with that. Just keep keep watching that. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think um, with that, um, slightly sour note. <laughs> I feel bad, kind of ending on that. But um, we got a hell of a win on the. Court. We did get a hell of a win. <laughs> so uh, back to <laughs> back to that. Um, the program continues on. The athletic programs continue on. We will take our lumps, but hopefully we, you know, we right the ship overall. And winning always, you know, they say winning heals all, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm just going to continue enjoying this uh, high of uh, beating down the uh, inferior program of the, the wild cats and putting them back in their place. Um, the mild cats. Mild cats. They're not even mild. They're like, I don't even know what they are. You know when you go to like a hot chicken place and you can get the different levels and there's the one that's like not flavored at all? That's what they are. Not even mild. So just no sauce. Like the, they, they have, the cats have no sauce, basically. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. The, the driest, driest of, uh, of animals. It's anyways, just like, yeah. Anyways, um, before before we go on a tangent about <laughs> uh, this is gonna get gross. Um, let's uh, we'll catch you all later. We have a few games coming up this week, even today. Um, and stay safe out there, and go Bruins. Go Bruins.